We are excited to hear from Josh Morris. Um, I was thinking, like, what do I say about Josh? Because he's amazing. I mean, he's married to Justine, and so just that's that's first. That's a good choice right away. But here's what I was thinking: is I remember when I joined youth ministry, and I was kind of new to like Sam and new to church, and just at a weird place kind of in my life, and. And I was starting to be a youth leader, and then Josh, like, wanted to take me out to dinner. And I was like, oh, man, I have messed up, and this is the end. Like, I'm getting fired from youth ministry here at Lake Sam. And and instead, what happened was he just spent about 45 minutes to an hour just pouring life into me and just caring for me as a person. And I just felt really honored by that. And then one day he speaks to youth group, and I was like, whoa, what? You preach? Like, this is incredible, because Justine was the primary preacher there. But I can tell you that Josh hears from the Lord. He presses in, and he doesn't speak often. But even when we're hanging out with him, when he speaks, I listen. Because he chooses his words very carefully, if that makes sense. And, and they're very powerful when he speaks. And so this morning, I encourage you, listen. Because there's a reason that he's up on this platform. I think God has something to say through him. And I'm really excited to hear it. So you can come up now. Would you please welcome my good, good friend, and also a nine, Josh Morris. <laughs> I did make a good choice when I married my wife. Um, So I've never actually experienced coming up here to speak and having words given during worship that actually felt like they were leading exactly or confirming exactly what God was speaking through me. I've never experienced that. This morning was crazy. (laughs) And except for the first one, I was a little bit worried because Patricia was talking about sitting on a couch. And knowing what my sermon was, I was asking you to get off the couch <laughs> and engage and go after something. So I'm like, God, what are you doing here? And then she spoke about God's victory and how God has the victory in our lives. And we can rest on the couch and watch him make us aware of the lies that we believe and reveal the truth of who he is and who we are. So that when we get off the couch, we are stepping in his victory. We're getting off the couch into his victory, into his truth. So when we go and engage in what God has for us, we're walking in that truth. We're walking, we're not walking in hurt or loneliness or isolation or whatever it is. We're walking in his victory. So that's my hope today is that this can be a time that we can sit on the couch, that you can let God reveal a lie to you, but then show his truth. So that when we walk out of here today, you're full of his victory and life. Does that work? Can we do that? So we're gonna sit on the couch. You guys are all snuggled up in your blankets, drinking a hot chocolate or a coffee or a tea. Yeah, there we go. Feet up, I like it. So, uh, change. Change is hard. I read this, I can't remember if I read this or I heard somebody say this recently, that uh, the people like change because it comes with something new. And new is almost always exciting and fun. I like new. But change also comes with loss because you're losing something that you've had. And so people don't like change because there's grief involved in loss. 
And so, just as Kurt was saying, that this is, this is a time of change for us, where we can, something new is coming, but we do have to grieve what we're losing. And it's interesting that when Kurt asks me to speak, I, I always say no first, because I don't like the process of getting ready to speak. Um, but as I prayed about what God would have me share, and I talked to Kurt about it, he, he made the connection that actually, what God's put on your heart is kind of a message for this moment in time and this moment of change in our family's life. So I think as we walk through this, my hope is that you'll see that you're part of this change, that you have a role in this, that you're not just a bystander just watching something happen, but that you're here in this moment to hear what God has for you to do in this process. But I also think this is also a moment for you to look at your life in general, not just about like Sam, but what is that thing that's holding you back from walking in what God has for you? So here's my journey. Um, About five-ish years ago, uh, Justine got sick, and I know she shared that. She shared her journey in this over the years. But there was a, a year or two period, I don't know how long it was, where she was nearly bedridden the whole time. And it was rough. It was rough for us as a family. Um, but it was some months into this journey that I realized that I was withdrawing I was withdrawing from her. I was disengaging from her relationally and emotionally. And I didn't like that. I knew that wasn't the right place to be for me. And I actually talked to her about this. I said, I I feel like all I have energy for is to come home from work, get the kids fed, get them ready for bed, and then go to sleep. That's all I've got energy for. I don't feel like I have energy to actually engage and nurture and give you what you need. And she was very uh, gracious and that she said, I, I'm so happy you have energy to take care of the kids because I don't. <laughs> um, at the time, I was in a threefold with, uh, with, I think it was with John and Eric. And my, my almost weekly, and actually Josh too was there, that's right. Um, my weekly prayer request was I want to be able to engage with my wife emotionally. I feel withdrawn and I don't know how to engage. So stepping back further, um, I graduated from Northwest, well, it's now Northwest University. It was Northwest College when I was there um, with a degree in psychology. So I felt like I was supposed to go to Northwest, but when I looked at their degree offerings, there was nothing that fit with where I thought I was supposed to go or what I was supposed to be doing. Nothing really worked towards that, I don't know, that career goal that I, that I thought I had. Um, so I decided to read through all the descriptions of the, of the degrees. And I got to this one in psychology and it talked through you know, everything that psychology prepares you for this degree prepares you for, to go on to your master's or doctorate program to uh, become a counselor or a psychologist. 
But then the very last line of the description said, to prepare you for ministry. And there was something in my heart that leapt. I'm like, that's what I want. I need tools to help me in ministry and psychology to help me understand how people think, understand why they think the way they do. This was intriguing to me. I was excited about this. So I got a degree in psychology, not to become a psychologist, which seemed a bit weird. Um, but over the next uh, few years, um, even at Lake Sam, there were, I discovered personality surveys and I loved them. They spoke to behaviors, they spoke to thinking processes, they gave kind of generalized buckets of, um, of where people fit in communication and relationships. And it was super helpful, and Lake Sam even has done a few of them over the years with staff and even with uh, volunteers, uh, most recently is uh, Strengths Finders. And it really just groups, it groups your skills and your talents and your thinkings into, it just really helps in team, uh, team engagements and, um, and life relationships. They're great tools. Um, but about a year ago, uh, I was introduced to Enneagram, another tool, another personality tool. And something about this, though, I felt like gave the Holy Spirit an opportunity to speak to my heart. Uh, it didn't end up being just a tool that I could use to understand just generalities, but it opened up a window to my heart. And I feel like the Holy Spirit showed me a lie that I was believing, a lie about myself. And that lie was that I don't matter, that my voice, my presence, my thoughts, my choices, that none of that matters to you or to my family or to my friends or to my work, that I don't really matter. And there, there were actually, a, I feel like you revealed a couple spots um, early in my life where my interpretation of the events or conversations were the startings of that, where I interpreted that, oh, I guess I don't matter in this situation, and that keeps building over the years, and I actually had this memory this morning, it must have been in, through junior high and high school. Um, our family didn't go out to eat very often, we ate at home a lot and had family dinners every night, but we would take turns choosing the restaurant we wanted to go to, and any time it would come to my choice, I couldn't decide. And it frustrated my parents, <laughs> like, just decide, tell us where we're supposed to go. I'm like, ah, I don't know. As I was thinking about this morning, I realized, oh, that's because I believed that my choices don't matter. And if, if I speak my opinion where I think we should go, then it's meaning that everybody else's opinion doesn't matter as much as mine. And that's just not truth in me. I think that we all have a lie that we're believing. None of yours is gonna be like mine. It's gonna be different, but we all have a lie that we're believing. And God wants to speak to you. He wants to actually make you aware of what that lie is, not in a condemning way, of course, but in a way that he can actually shine light on it 
and show you the truth and show you the promise that he's given you. So I'm wondering, wondering what you believe. What is the lie that you're believing? Mine was that I'm not valued, I'm not cared about. There's a, there's a cool uh, psalm that uh, really speaks to this. And this is my hope that you guys will pray over your heart. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting. I think the first step, and what ended up being the first step for me to bring healing is to become aware, to let God make you aware of what that lie is. And then he can start doing something about it. Then he can show you victory. Then he can show you how you can get off the couch and engage in what he's given you. So what happened for me in this was in my prayer with my threefold and in my heart, I wanted a fix to this behavior of withdrawing, this behavior of disengaging. I didn't realize the motivation behind it. And it's through understanding that motivation that God's been able to work in me. And then I lived happily ever after, right? (laughs) Sanctification, right? It's a gift from God, it's grace, but it's also a working out. It's a working out of your salvation, of a, it's a process to go through. And this past year is actually, it's been challenging to walk through this process, but I've also started to see some success. Not because of me, not because of what I've done, but because of what God is healing in me. I think it, was, it, it wasn't long after I started this, so nine, 10 months ago. Um, so I'm, I'm a project manager at World Vision in the creative department, and my clients are internal marketing departments who request creative projects from us. So creating emails or video or um, uh, print materials, and I project manage those, and I, I manage the relationship with the client and our internal agency. So there was this moment that we had uh, there was a disagree- disagreement with one of our clients, and I don't remember what it was, but they were, they were upset with us, we were upset with them, and I was asked to lead this mediation. Not something I was excited about. And the first meeting I could get on the books was a couple of weeks away, and that freaked me out, because I had a couple of weeks to worry about it. And... I, I remember not really sleeping well the night before and freaking out the morning of, and as I'm walking to the meeting, I realized, oh, huh, I should actually pray about this. So I said, God, 
I don't have what this takes. I don't have the words. And what I do have, I don't feel is valuable enough to actually make this relationship right. I need you. And so I get into the meeting. I don't remember anything about the meeting. I don't remember how it went or anything, but I remember about halfway through, I felt like I kind of had this out-of-body experience thing where I'm talking about something, I'm speaking um, words into this conversation, and I realized, wait, those are my words coming out. I, I believe that? And these, these people around the table, they're actually engaged in that. They're hearing that, and they're accepting it. What? <laughs> Resolution came out of that meeting. And I knew after the meetings, I was like, God, you spoke through me. I did not have what it takes. And since then, it still hasn't been easy, but now I know I can walk into meetings, I can walk into relationships and trust that through this promise that God's given me, through this process, that God is bringing me success to his body, to relationship. I, don't, I can't imagine that it'll ever be easy for me to actually engage and uh, especially in relationship, I think I'm probably always gonna have to fight this lie. But I think it might get easier. I hope it might. <clears throat> Another silly story. So I sit right here during, during worship or service. Hi, babe. Well, I don't, uh, not there. I don't sit there. I'll sit right there. Um, and not that you would have ever noticed, but especially when it comes to coffee time, I think for uh, introverts and people like me, uh, coffee time is probably one of the worst things that could have ever been invented <laughs> because it means that I have to talk to you and engage with you, and that freaks me out. Um, so you'll see me do a couple things. One is I'll sit there, Somebody, you know, we'll, we'll be released to coffee time, and I'll just sit there for a minute, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, to give you guys a time, chance to actually start talking to each other <laughs> so that I can get up and beeline to the back to get my coffee, and I don't have to talk to you. <laughs> it's great. Or the best one is, I'll get a text message during worship from somebody saying, ah, there's something wrong with the computer or the soundboard or the camera, and I have to run back there during worship, and usually by the time I get back there, it's fixed, but I'm back there, I can get my cup of coffee, I can stand behind the soundboard, I don't have to talk to you, it's great. <laughs> but I've also realized that that's not who God created me to be. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I do have value, not because of who I am, but because God gave me value. And as much as I need you to speak into my life, and this is actually even hard for me to say, God's put me here to give me the ability to speak into your life. Amen. And I want that for each of you. Whether it's you feel the same as me, or whatever the lies you're believing, something is holding you back from where God wants you to be. 
And you may be at a different place in the journey. You may have already discovered what that lie is in your life and you're, you know, you've been working on it with God for years. Or you may have, this may be your first time ever hearing that maybe there are lies that we could be believing. Wherever you're at in that journey, God wants to bring you to healing because he needs you engaged in his body to bring his truth, to bring his life, to bring what he has. In this moment of change that we're in as a body, he needs you. And your choice is to either Engage in that and go after it and see what God has and speak into it and find out what you can be doing or praying about or seeking. Or you can sit back and watch. I think the sad thing about watching, which is kind of my tendency in big changes and big choices, is to watch what happens. But the sad thing about that is after change is made, What does it feel like to you? Feel like something has been done to you, like placed on you, or you have no say in it, so it's just this, I feel like it's almost a barrier that that now you have to break through or just walk away. But God's placed you here so that you can be involved. And I think the changes that we're going through as a body is just a great right now example, but this also applies to every part in your life, whether it's at work or in your neighborhoods, your communities, your families, God's placed you there. And what's keeping you back from moving into what he has for you? So, we're gonna take a little more time on the couch. Thank you, Patricia. Thanks for listening to God on that. I think it's a great example. We're going to take a little more time on the couch. And I want you guys to pray this over yourself to let God reveal the lies that you're believing so that he can show what his promises are. And then while you're doing that, I'm gonna actually read some scripture over you. I don't want you to necessarily listen to the scripture, but I want your spirit to hear it. I want your spirit man to hear the words of God speaking promise and life and challenge to you. It's, I think it's hard to try and be praying but also listening to something. So it seem, might seem a little bit weird, But if you can, I'm actually good at shutting things off and being a little waffle space and not hearing anything else going on around me. So you might not be. (laughs) But I just ask that you let your spirit man hear hear what God's saying through his word. Um, But first I want to, to, this is my prayer to you. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit.
then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So again, my, my, my hope is that God can speak to you through this. That he can expose the lie but then show you what his promises are through his word, what his truth is. So take, oops, that's not the right one. That one there. Take a few seconds to read this to yourself and then just be in an attitude of letting God reveal and shine his light. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, for I will give you rest. 
You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You were chosen according to the purpose of God the Father, and you were made a holy people by his spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be purified by his blood. May grace and peace be yours in full measure. Father, we've all believed a lie and you're revealing to us what that lie is. A belief that's held us back from actually stepping and walking in your fullness. But you've also given us promise in your word and in your spirit. You've given us victory over this lie so that we can engage fully in the role that you have for us. In this moment of change at Lake Sam, in our relationships with our family, in every place you've put us. 
Help us to walk in that process of sanctification with victory that you've given us. Help us to get up off the couch today and walk in victory and in the truth and in the life that you've given us. You need us, Father, to choose that. You want us to choose that. It makes you smile when we choose that. Thank you, Lord. The first thing that comes to my mind that needs to be dealt with is Josh is one of those people in the world where if you have a problem with Josh, it definitely is not Josh's problem. But I wanted to get that out of the way because I want us to not just think that Josh gave us a good sermon. I heard the Lord. I heard a guy who did something he doesn't want to do, who laid it down, made himself available, who God moved through, who God touched me, touched us. He spoke. This is what happens when we submit ourselves to the Lord. This is why you're an example of why we can trust the Lord. There's that song we sing all the time, you've never failed me yet. This was him not failing us yet again. You know what I mean? You want to know how good God is? Right there. I'm sure you don't remember a word you said up here at this time either. But you spoke the word of the Lord. Thank you. And Lord, in Jesus' name, we come before your throne and we say thank you. You gave us a couch time to give us a marching order. As you started in the words, and you always take this congregation and this service you always do it through the songs and through the words and through the word. Every part of it is orchestrated by you, which is why we don't, and make sure that we don't orchestrate it because we're going to mess it up because you do such beautiful things when we let you. And so that's what we walk out of the service with. You do beautiful things. And so in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, when you, when you say... We get up and we walk, trusting you, excited about what you're bringing, thanking you, saying we're good because you're good. And all God's people said to that, amen.